If it's Thursday, it's Dr. P on the pod. I hope you all are having a beautiful Thursday. Hot fun in the summertime. Chilling, chilling on the deck, chilling on the porch, chilling by the beach, chilling, just chilling. And if you're not chilling, I hope you're being very productive, very productive. Uh, you know, we are, um, the bomb and Gilead, we are gearing up to go down to Tom Joyner's Black Family Reunion, Orlando, Labor Day weekend. The Bomb and Gilead, we are so excited to be a part of Tom Joyner's Black Family Reunion. We are bringing conversation about demen- dementia and Alzheimer's. We're going to be talking about dementia and Alzheimer's and the Black Family with Tom Joyner down at the Black Family Reunion. You need to go on your website and get some information about that. And if you are going, I will see you there. I am so excited. Excited, so that's coming up, and uh, we're excited about that. And you know, Healthy Churches 2020 is coming up. You know, I know you all are not paying no attention to this conference right now because it's the middle of July. But come September, I hope I don't have to turn some of you away like I had to last year, because you know it's not fun turning the family members away. And we will be sold out. I guarantee you, we will be sold out. So, you know, I I want you to do at least if you're coming, and I hope you're coming, get your registration in. Go book your hotel. You know, it doesn't cost you anything to book your hotel, but get a room. Because of those of you who came last year, you know, we had no room in the inn, and we had to actually cut off registration. So please, please, I want you to be with me in Point Clear, Alabama, down there near Mobile. Uh, And you can fly into Mobile, Alabama, or you can fly into uh, Pensacola, Florida. How about that? You can fly into Pensacola, Florida, or Mobile, Alabama. They're the same distance uh, to get to Point Clear, not too far not too far of a ride, less than an hour, we'll get you there. And that's November 13th through the 16th. Go to, on our website, go to healthychurches2020.org and see all the great things that's getting ready to happen at the 5th Annual Healthy Churches 2020 Conference. We're talking to Dr. Lauren Powell, and she is the Director of the Office of Health Equity of the Virginia Department of Health. And we're going to be talking about racism and health. Ha ha! Racism and health. Uh, uh, being black while sick. Ha! Being black while sick. Lord have mercy. We the black people, I tell you, it is no joke. Thank God for God's grace and mercy. So get your pencils out. Dr. Paul will have a lot to talk up, talk to us about and, uh, and share some very interesting. We have a crisis in Virginia where um, black women have the highest rate of uh, dying during childbirth. Can you imagine? Have the highest rates in the nation. Uh, three times uh, higher um, than anybody else that died during childbirth here in Virginia. 
And we really got to get serious about that and find out why. So stay tuned. Hey, if it's Thursday. Mm-hmm, yes, it is. It's Dr. P on the pod. Hey, my guest today is Dr. Lauren Powell. And she currently serves as the director of the Office of Health Equity at the Virginia Department of Health. You know, we're always bringing you some of the the greatest folks here, right here in Virginia, so that as you are listening around the country, you'll see that Virginia got some serious, some serious dynamic folks, and we are happy to have one of them as our guest. Dr. Powell is coming to us today to talk about health and race. Mm-hmm. Health and race. And, you know, we always talk about, um, uh, here at the Balm and Gilead, you know, um, the, the, uh, the impact uh, of race on our health, driving, ra- driving while black, um, uh, eating, while, eating in a restaurant while black, going on vacation while black, uh, barbecuing in the park while black. Uh, yes. Sitting in the car at the a raceway while black, uh, and going to the emergency room while black. Um, it's real, and even though my white friends don't believe it's real, uh, it's real. So we are so happy to have Dr. Powell with us, who's going to be talking with us a little bit about health and race. Dr. Powell, how are you? And welcome to Dr. P on the pod. Um, well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Dr. P. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. Yeah, so tell us. Tell us. I know that you have done some work in this area. Um, uh, I know that you are a recent graduate of the Kennedy School of Government at Harvard with a master's in public administration, your doctor of philosophy and clinical and population health research at the University of the University of Massachusetts Medical School. So you've been all in and out of Boston. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> I, I, I love the Boston area. I spent a lot of time um, in Boston. I'm not going to tell you what I was doing up there, but I, I'll just tell you I spent a lot of time. So tell us. Tell us about your, your, your research or your work around health and race. What do you, what do you want the folks to know? Well, sure. Um, first, thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. Um, really excited. Um, thank you for extending the invitation. Um, I think the most important point to let people know is that um, there does uh, exist a very strong connection between experiences of racism and health outcomes. Um, it's not a myth. It's not a figment of our imagination. Um, structural, institutional, interpersonal, systematic, systemic, all of these versions of racism are not things that we have made up in our head. Um, they are real, and they have very real um, outcomes and impacts on people's lives. It's so unfortunate, um, I think, especially in the current times in which we live, that um, some would like to make us think that racism does not exist any longer, that we are allegedly in a, quote, colorblind society, and that um, slavery happened so long ago that it's in the past and we should all move on from it. Um, That is just uh, ethically false. And (laughs) um, we can look at several examples from the statistics on obesity and diabetes, hypertension, to surgical outcomes, to um, 
the prescription of pain meds, um, to even just life expectancy. Um, and we can see that there are very clear and stark differences in outcomes for African Americans, for Latinos, for people of color in general, Native Americans, who we often don't speak of um, uh, in, in all those statistics quite often, but Native Americans as well, people of color who have experienced discrimination, um, traumatic experiences throughout history, and the policies and laws that have accompanied that certainly have a great impact on health outcomes in our community. What are some of the things we can do as a community, uh, individually and a community around uh, health and race? Sure. I think, um, well, for people in positions like mine, um, leaders especially of whatever sector you may be in, honestly, um, I think everywhere from healthcare, which is an obvious starting point, to um, like housing, to banking, to education, um, all of these things are connected in what we call the social determinants of health. That's a really fancy way of saying that um, everything impacts your ability to be healthy and well um, outside of just your interaction with a physician. So if we think that um, and if we know that all of these different entities impact our health um, outcomes, then it's important that we have people in those, all of those different sectors, all those different areas that recognize the impact of racism, period, on uh, individuals in our communities. So, for example, what we're trying to do here at the VDH is um, we're rolling out the Office of Health Equity, have been rolling out several learning opportunities around racial implicit bias and the connections to that um, and public health as well as healthcare outcomes. So quite honestly, you know, people, we say you, you don't know what you don't know. So there are lots of people in the United States, in the world, who have no real context of the experiences of marginalized people, um, disenfranchised people in society. And so what we're trying to do is to educate them a little bit more, to help um, clarify some of the blind spots, if you will, in their understanding. Um, and that actually helps us create policies that are more inclusive, um, create opportunities that are more inclusive in all of these different sectors that still ultimately impact health. Um, I think it's also important not to get too political, but I think it's important to be politically engaged um, with whatever spectrum your political ideology, I suppose, would make you lean towards. But I do think holding um, our government officials accountable as the government actually and local municipalities really create a lot of the policies that impact things such as education, um, things such as transportation, which is really important for all of these communities as well. And they all still impact your health outcomes. So it's not good enough for us to just say, you know, um, you need to go to the doctor more often. Well, that would imply that I have insurance, some sort of insurance coverage, that I have money for a copay, which means that maybe I have a job, um, and that I can actually get to the doctor, that I have transportation to the doctor. Um, so I think it's important that leaders work not only with communities, um, but also work to educate like their workforce on uh, cultural humility and racial implicit bias. Okay.
Okay. Well, you know, I um, uh, you know, if, as you say, racism uh is so at the forefront of our lives, as well as health is at the forefront of our lives, and and I think it's important that in addition to, you know, we often talk about racism and you know and working. Uh, working in the in this field of public health that we work in, we 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 talk we talk a lot about you know the low income uh, part of our uh, community and and we must do that and and uh, those who are you know are not as um, who 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 do, who do not have as much access as I may have or as you may have uh, and racism is just a strong in uh in in for me who was who able to go and you know access health care as it is for my family members who are un, not able to um uh, access it you know that uh racism and health it plays across the board you know and uh and i think that we as a community uh must see it you know inclusively you know, and uh, because post-traumatic post uh, slave syndrome is no no joke, and post-traumatic um, slave master syndrome is no joke at all, uh, as well. So, uh, you know, would you agree? I, do, I absolutely do agree with that. Um, and when we talk about things such as um, mortality, or um, uh, what's been in the latest headlines, looking at um, mothers, black mothers who are um, dying at rates that are very troubling and disturbing. Yes, um, yes. And, you know, your words cannot bring more true that, especially in this case, it's clearly very apparent. It doesn't matter whether you have a PhD and a master's from an Ivy League school and a very secure job or whether you have no degree and no job and perhaps you live on public housing, um, the disparities are the same. And so that tells us that um, there's something greater at play here. Um, and then specific to that, there are actual stressors tied to being a black woman in America, to being socialized and um, raised and living in America as a black woman. Um, there's the intersectionality of being both a woman and being African-American that it's truly taking a toll on um, black women's ability to even um, give birth and to continue um, the privilege and the opportunity of procreation, which is extremely troubling, extremely troubling. Hmm. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Tell us more about that study here in Virginia where we are seeing where more black women are dying doing childbirth at alarming rates. I mean, you know, that's pretty, I, I don't know, that's, that's horrific. You know, that is horrific. And, you know, I have not read the study, but I've heard about the study. And, um, you know, how does racism uh, tie into these black women are they not getting access are they going to the going to the doctor to to um, to too late are they going on time but not getting uh, quality health care what exactly is it so um, the major um, 
troubling statistic right now is that black women in Virginia die in childbirth at three times the rate of any other race. Um, that is um, utterly heartbreaking and completely disturbing. Um, there are a couple factors behind this. One, as I mentioned, the sheer stress of being a black woman, um, being socialized and living, having lived experience um, in America, in the United States in particular. And it's so particular to the United States, you could even bring women, let's say, who were born in Africa or a Caribbean island and bring them here to the United States for a period of time and they would start to show some of the same statistics. So it's very specific to the United States, mm-hmm. um, which is troubling. And that should tell us something about our history here, it should tell us something about the air in which we breathe, most literally. Um, so it's certainly tied to that, and there are a couple of hypotheses behind that. One is the weathering hypothesis um, that says that essentially over time, the consistent exposure to and experiences of racism um, bear a toll, essentially, on a woman's body um, such that it's leading to these types of disparities. So physiologically, you've got something that's happening um, socially that's now bearing a physiological outcome. Um, that's the weathering hypothesis. Now, to some of the other points you raised, um, we certainly do still have disparities in the quality of healthcare that's received. So let's say you do have an affluent black woman who has medical insurance and who is able to go and to see a doctor. Um, they're still not guaranteed equal treatment. Um, and let's think of a current example or a more recent example. Do you remember the cover of um, Vogue magazine, I think a few months ago with Serena Williams? Yes. And she um, described her experiences um, postpartum and that she was, I think she was having chest pain and the nurses like essentially wouldn't respond to her. They were kind of just like, oh, you know, you're kind of being, I don't know that they really said verbatim, but they kind of were treating her like, oh, you're being dramatic, you know. And she's like, no, actually, I've had blood clots. Like, I know what it feels like. That's what's happening right now. Um, She had to essentially advocate on her own behalf. Now, this is Serena Williams we're talking about. Mm. Um, Wimbledon winning, Grand Slam winning, um, internationally recognized athlete, greatest of all time, um, Serena Williams, who still had to essentially advocate on her own behalf to even receive the medical treatment that she knew that she needed. Um, if Serena had to go to such extreme lengths, and she actually, because she was so persistent, she essentially saved her own life. Um, if she had to be that persistent, how do we think someone who was treated with much less privilege, accolades, um, name recognition, of a black woman who presents um, you know, to a medical provider who doesn't have all these things behind her name, how do we think they would be treated? So some of this is also um, the responsibility, certainly, of healthcare providers to take um, women of color and black women very seriously in their um, in their attempts to achieve health and wellness, in their um, visits, their doctor's visits, um, in any sort of um, complaint or concern they may have about their own health. And if we really want to get more, um, how can I say, um, 
more transparent about the root of this? Well, it's all tied to the treatment of slaves. It yes. truly is. Because when you are able to see an entire group of people as livestock and commodity, well, you can detach yourself from taking their complaints or their um, their feelings of pain or, or their descriptions of pain. You can detach it from being humane. Right. You can detach it. That's exactly from being right. Something that is humanely felt, and you therefore strip them of their humanity. Right. That's exactly right. Well, you know, we have truly enjoyed talking with you today, you know, and I'm, and I'm glad we were able to uh, segue into, you know, this extraordinary moment where we're seeing alarming rates of um, black women dying in childbirth here in Virginia. I'm glad we got to talk about that. And I think this is a conversation we need to continue to have over and over and over again. So we would love to have you back on the show. And uh, just thank you so much for for being here, Dr. Lauren Powell, who serves as the director of the Office of Health Equity at the Virginia Department of Health. Thank you so much, my sister, and please come oh, back and be with us. It is my pleasure, and Ashe to you. Bless you. Thank Bless you. Bless you, Ashe. Bye-bye. I hope you've enjoyed the show today. I enjoyed talking to Dr. Powell. She had so much information and you know I'm a little sad I don't know what's going on with the sisters who are dying doing childbirth we need to look further into that and we need to also share with our sisters and brothers and go to the doctor with our sisters and brothers and and you know church congregation if you have you know people in your congregation who you know don't have anybody to go with them to the doctor and they catch a ride or the bus come and pick them up please a part of your ministry can be to go with them and hear what the doctor is telling them that is such a critical part of anybody's ministry uh, to be there to hear what the doctor is saying because uh, sometimes when you are racked with pain and you know and especially our elder who may not understand you just need somebody with you. Even when I go to the doctor, sometimes I need somebody with me because I just don't want to believe. Well, I, I usually have good reports, so that's a good thing. But I just feel more comforting when I have someone with me. And I also feel comfortable when I go with someone. Uh, so because, you know, racism is real uh, in healthcare. Um, it's real. And we never know when it's going to show up. So... Uh, we want to thank Dr. Powell for being with us today, uh, and um, we're going to have her back on the show uh, to talk about racism and health. It's also a topic we'll be talking about uh, at Healthy Churches 2020 this year. Uh, Dr. LaVista, he is the new dean of the School of Public Health down at Tulane University out of New Orleans. He's going to be talking about the skin you're in. The skin you're in, racism in health. You don't want to miss that. Uh, get your get your stuff together. You got to come on down to Point Clear, Alabama, to the Healthy Churches Conference in November. Yes, it's Thursday, and yes, I'm Dr. P on the pod. Have a great oh, have a great and healthy weekend. <laughs>